I'm ready to do this thing. Five years ago, we we sat down and we decided as... We, we like getting together and we'll watch bad movies and all that, that we actually wanted to turn this into a competition because what good is something if it's not a competition, right? So we, we, we created this bracket full of bad movies, 32 bad movies enter, one bad movie leaves, which that is also one of our movies. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, Thunderdome. Um, Mad we, Max. Yeah. We sat down and we paired up movies. We came up with four broad categories for our movies, right? So we've got mm-hmm. a uh, a wing, a division for each movie. Um, we've got action, uh, 90s action movies, which we're actually going to cheat a little bit today on that one. We're, we're cheating by nine days. Oh, really? Tango and Cash is December 22nd, 1989. Oh, right, for Oscar season. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they'll do that. Uh, There's a really good reason why I looked up the dates on that actually yeah because watching the two films is like listening to garage rock before smells like teen spirit mm-hmm. and after <laughs> you know? okay okay uh so one of our wings one of our wings is 90s action movies um one of our wings is like toy and video game movies which has some strong contenders there uh one of our wings is um franchise black sheep mm-hmm uh, and then we had just sort of a generalized sci-fi and fantasy wing for uh, all the you know, random ones that we wanted to watch that didn't get picked up by one of those four categories. Right. Yeah. So 32 movies means that there are... I think you forgot a wing. I mean... Did I forget a wing? We had a whole wing dedicated to Nick Cage, right? <laughs> Nick Cage oh. is really overrepresented. Well, is he, though? Mm, I don't He's feel he's over, overrepresented because... The films merit inclusion. There are three Nick Cage movies, if I remember right. So, yeah. So you're telling me there wasn't a wing based on Nick Cage? His movies just killed it that much? That it yeah, well, that the way? 90s action is definitely <laughs> dominated by Nick Cage movies. Yeah. Now, if you're talking about, I think instead of like, um, I think my Smells Like Teen Spirit moment was probably Terminator 2. Because it looks like pre-Terminator 2, everything seems like it's shot on... I mean, it's shot on film, and the ones after that are, but it's just, like, clear. It's like you watch, like, Tango and Cash. <laughs> and it's fuzzy and grainy. And fuzzy and grainy, <laughs> and it's like, okay, let me wipe my TV and then watch Face Off. <laughs> like, it's... Yeah. Yeah, watching it, I felt like I had literally put in the VHS tape. It was... Yeah. And yeah. I'm sure there's some explanation for... So we want to sit down with each of these pair-ups... And you put it, you put this bracket up on the website, right? I did. It's not, it's not pretty yet. Um, or maybe it never will be. So if you want to check it out, it's on the website, Centaurs with Keytars. If you don't feel like spelling or Googling the name of the show, I understand. You can also pull up the website at cwithk.com. And if you can't spell that one? It's C, like the letter C. Right. W-I-T-H. K and if you have letter trouble K. with just like letter recognition after mm. you spelled it out, uh, I can, can you sign it to you. you if you can, and then hit that one and then the keytar button. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we have we have that Thank center you. button right below the entar button. So we had two films for this matchup, uh, for this inaugural matchup. Uh, the first one we're going to dive into is a little film. Uh, you may know, called Point Break. Uh, Point Break stars Keanu Reeves as Johnny Utah, a former All-American college quarterback who has joined the FBI and is investigating a series of bank robberies. On his first case, he goes undercover into the Los Angeles surfing community and becomes friends with a charismatic guy named Bodie, played by Patrick Swayze. He soon realizes that his new friends are the famed ex-presidents, the bank robbers. Now, the first thing that I wrote down when I was watching this movie is, with an exclamation point at the end, Johnny fucking Utah. His name is Johnny goddamn Utah. 
strong that, start. It really is. It's it's like uh, you, you have you seen those like movie scripts or commercial scripts or whatever that that you find online that people say like I had a bot write this after watching whatever. It seems like that's what happened in whatever ninety one when this was made, mm-hmm. like a right? placeholder name or generic. Yeah. Yeah, so, like it was going to be Johnny Football, <laughs> but then they decided Utah is is at least a better placeholder because they say football a couple of times in the movie. So when you go through and you do the auto change, mm-hmm. yeah. No, he wasn't actually from Utah. That was just he wasn't, but he was a he was a he was from Ohio. He was a Buckeye, right? He was a Buckeye. He was Ohio State and AACP quarterback. And AACP, holy crap! Yeah. Keanu oh. Reeves performs in blackface. He does. It's a really bad choice. It was never yeah. a good choice. No, he's a uh, he's a college quarterback. Holy NCAA. shit! NCAA. NCAA. Anthony Kiedis. You know, a lot of ends and a lot of A's in that. Kiedis. Oh, we'll, oh, oh, we'll get to Kiedis. <laughs> oh, we'll get to Kiedis. Yeah, yeah. That, that to <laughs> me, that whole thing that the Kiedis gang is where the movie goes from like, all right, this is a reasonably well-written whatever movie. And it does start to slide down the bonkers train, like after the whole Kiedis gang incident. But well before that, uh, we're introduced (laughs) to Keanu's partner, which is always a solid addition to a bad movie where you get Gary Busey now. Mm -hmm. That's where I thought this movie would actually have a leg up. It has a hundred percent more Gary Busey. It does. It has way more Busey. Uh, and, and when you, you remember the scene when, when Busey is introduced to us, when, when he jumps into the pool, <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're FBI agents, right? Yes. And they're, they're doing this sort of training where they have to dive into a swimming pool and bring bricks back up to the surface. And Busey is like, what the hell is this stupid-ass training? And I'm in my living room really confused, because I'm on the same side as Gary Busey. Mm. And that's a rare... I've never heard of any sort of police training where diving into the pool and bringing up bricks is the expectation. Blindfolded. Blindfolded, that's right. Yeah. Now, after, uh, after they do this and they get into the whole, like, we have to find these bank robbers, and Gary Busey really... It takes some big logical leaps to get to the the bank robbers or surfers, right? Like <laughs> they have sand from a specific. I forget what all of his reasoning is, but but also that it's seasonal. They only rob banks in the summer, and then they leave for the winter to go mm. catch waves. Other like they have this whole scene where they're talking about like the <laughs> logical leaps that Gary Busey has taken to figure out that this bank robbing gang are sur- surfers. Ooh, we might have a good point. Uh, the first note I wrote on Point Break is, and this is not me just being funny, why did they just ignore Busey's surfer tip? Yeah. <laughs> um, it I, took it took newbie Keanu Reeves <laughs> coming in to chase down that lead. Yeah, the lab came back positive for surf wax. <laughs> well, sex, sex wax. wax. Oh. <laughs> which, is, which they use for surfboards and I guess other stuff too. Uh, it seems uncomfortable. I'm not sure that I'm interested in, in diving down that rabbit hole. It's like yeah. a turtle shell down there. It's... <laughs> because you're, I, your surfboard, you're supposed to put wax on there that makes you stick to it, right? I would think. And not slide off it since you're riding waves. I think wax makes it slick so you glide off the I'm not a surfer. Waves. Yeah, apparently. Well, the explanation they give in the movie, I've also never surfed, so I have no frame of reference <laughs> here, but the explanation they give in the movie is that it helps you stick to the surfboard, right? Isn't that what Busey says to... That's what I would think. Like when so, he busts out the sex wax and it's like a little round tin that says sex wax on it in big letters? If it sticks to it, maybe... Because I would think it would not be good for sex. I think it would be extremely painful for sex. So maybe it's just referring to... Can you tell like substances. the Midwest? <laughs> no. <laughs> but we do have is... Salt Life stickers on all of our cars, right? Oh. What a miserable existence those people must lead. I used to think you live in the Midwest <laughs> in a landline. They live the salt, salt is life. your fucking life. <laughs> All right. I had well, thought if you look at the yeah. roads right now, they're pretty damn salty. They are. <laughs> when I first started seeing those salt life things for like the first few years, I thought it was a Jesus reference. Same here. All right. You did? Like it yeah. was some sort of loaves and fishes kind of thing? I thought it was like an like, I am I second. Just... There there's ads where it was like the like a 
<laughs> do you remember those at all? Where like really? have someone's face and it's like I am I am second was the branding because God is first. No, I don't remember I that. Don't one. Know that. Well, then it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, failed ad agency. The reason they think it's them is because they. Keanu Reeves is what I was leading to earlier. He's like, they have done chemical stuff and they're like, this is a beach. Um, and then they, <laughs> Keanu Reeves is like surfing poorly and like cutting off surfers on that beach for some reason. I thought at first he was trying to like grab their hair. Well, no, that's what it was. Okay. Like they, that was... they had like toxins in their hair yeah. from like a spill oh. at a certain beach or whatever. So they do have like three or four minutes where Gary Busey pulls some and stoner's hair off at the beach and uh uh keanu reeves says that there's what a weevil or something crawling <laughs> yeah by far like, my favorite scenes excuse me you smell like the inside of my mom's purse can i get <laughs> can, I, can i get a tuft of your hair <laughs> gary Busey interrupts two young men who are either doing drugs or jerking no, each other off yeah, no, i at first couldn't tell they were under a tent yes yeah, uh, but but yeah, so they use they use this very scientific method of yanking out people's hair yeah. at a specific beach and and whatever logic leads them that it's Anthony Kiedis' gang. But they decide to raid the house after some blowout party, right? And I actually took I took some notes over just how fucking bonkers this raid was because in the course of this FBI raid, right? This isn't local police. That Johnny Utah is late to the raid because he he overslept because he was surfing and fucking. Yes. And he's like, oh shit, I'm late. So he shows up to the raid late without any FBI clothing on him at all. And they yes. said it's not to blow his his cover. But then he totally blows his cover. They try to explain it. it I don't think it works. Yeah, no, it's all bad. Next um, to the FBI dudes shooting at the... Yeah, they're like, we don't want you to blow your cover. You go around back. (laughs) (laughs) You kill all the B-list celebrities that that won't recognize you. So, like, uh, you know, they're going to knock down the door and all that. But, uh, what, Gary Busey pulls his gun too soon, or I forget what happens, but, like, the raid goes bad. And so Keanu Reeves busts in the back window, and there's this naked woman in the shower, because you have to have boobs in the movie somewhere. And this Mm -hmm. naked woman... Beats the shit out of Johnny Utah. Mm-hmm. This FBI agent with a gun. She's nude in the shower. Was just doing her own thing a few minutes ago. And this fully trained FBI agent busts through the window. But she beats his ass. Um, oh. Before that happens. the She does stab another. No, that's after. That's oh that's after. after? Yeah so somehow okay. she produces a knife after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, she didn't leave the bathroom. She's still in the bathroom. But she produces a knife. And starts stabbing a different FBI agent. Anthony Kiedis shoots himself in his own foot. Yes. During the raid. Uh, Keanu like at some point. for uh, Some guy goes running out of the house. And Keanu chases him down. And they have an, a lawnmower that's old enough. That it doesn't have a kill switch. It's like the owner of the lawnmower runs away. And the lawnmower flips over. And they're trying to shove each other's faces into the lawnmower. He was trying place. to shove the guys. The guy had a knife. And he was going to knife him. Yeah. And then he like. Keanu Reeves like takes the guy's hand. and With a knife in it. And forces it into mm-hmm. into the lawnmower. And then the other guy uses that. Because that's a. Uh, when that blade hits there. That's a pretty big like you know action happening and he just flips him wrestling style and he's like i'm gonna put your face slowly into the blade very slowly very slowly (laughs) did did you did you catch the line that gary Busey says when he runs up and stops keanu reeves from getting his face lawnmowered um you chop chop this one up to the fbi (laughs) he points his gun at whatever the angry nazi surfer was and he says speak into the microphone Squid brain. It's <laughs> <laughs> some of the best titles. And that, uh, yeah, that really to me, like, marks the beginning of the movie is this, like, reasonably fine, whatever, setup to a bank robber movie. And then that raid is just where it's like the movie itself is now falling down. And it's just everything <laughs> from here gets worse and worse for this movie as it goes. Right after the raid, and they're in the house that they just shot up. Right, and Tom Sizemore shows up in the movie because why the fuck wouldn't he? <laughs> yes. mm-hmm. Right, uncredited, he's oh, not. Wow. He does not show up in the credits, and he has a speaking role. Uh, and he's what? He's like a DEA agent or something, right? Yeah, he's yeah. got he's like been a monologue in deep cover 
His yeah. only line is a monologue, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and so, like, uh, he he starts yelling that I guess Anthony Kiedis's gang was also meth smugglers because yeah. the red herring. Yeah, yeah. And, and so like he starts dressing down Keanu Reeves about this botched raid and how it ruined all of his undercover Ooh, work. Red and, herring chili peppers. Yes. I love it. Yes. Selling blue crystal. Mm-hmm. Okay, all name, out. Name of the first album. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but Tom Sizemore starts yelling at him, and he 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 starts yelling like, and and how are you so? How, how do you explain? them robbing the bank on this day when these guys were in Fort fucking Lauderdale. And then in pure Keanu Reeves fashion. 30 seconds later. 30 seconds, yeah. <laughs> and then he goes, shit. <laughs> it's yeah. like, it's this law, it's it's at least law. five beats, right? You're, you're oh, sitting yeah. there and there's nothing happening on the on screen. And Tom, Tom Sizemore tells you, Fort fucking Lauderdale. And then silence. <laughs> like, long enough where I think Sizemore had left the scene. <laughs> I think he and then, count on his fingers and toes to figure out what Fort Lauderdale is. That's part of his character. I like to think that he it was a character Midwest. choice, and that Johnny Utah didn't know where Fort Lauderdale was, and was trying to do like a mental, <laughs> like a Carmen Sandiego activity <laughs> in his head. True. He's like, oh no, like, shit. Shit. They figure out that it's it's Bodie's gang. They figure out it's Patrick Swayze's. And they're staking out the bank because he knows which bank they're going to rob. And they miss the robbery because Nick Nolte's in the car reading goddamn Calvin and Hobbes. Gary Busey? Gary Busey. Dollar it, store. It, they are the same Nick guy, Nolte. right? <laughs> I, yeah, I think okay. it's just, yeah, years apart in their breakdowns. Um <laughs> So, okay, Busey's in the car, and he's, re- I'm not kidding, it's Calvin and Hobbes, and he's laughing yeah. at how funny Calvin and Hobbes is, and he sends <laughs> Pat, uh, uh, Keanu Reeves to go get two, and he's very specific, two. He wants two meatball sandwiches, not subs, sandwiches. Mm-hmm. I want two meatball sandwiches. So, they rob the bank, they go in and they rob the bank, and this stakeout, which was going to be the last one, because it's the end of summer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They miss it because they're ordering meatball sandwiches and reading the comics page of the newspaper. Well, yeah. So Gary Busey misses it. He doesn't get the sand. The car has already shown up to the bank before yes. he gets his food. So he's just missed it. A 22-year FBI veteran, I believe. Yes. Because he yeah. was in the car reading Calvin and Hobbes waiting for sandwiches. <laughs> he missed the, car, the getaway car where they all came out with guns. With ex-president masks on, yes. you know, their that's, deal. That's something else that bothered me. They're the ex-presidents. Okay, they're four bank robbers. And so they wear a Reagan, a Nixon, a Carter, and an LBJ mask. Ford. Was it Ford? No, Ford is missing. I thought they said it was LBJ. Okay, so Ford was... Did they did they address that? Um, I haven't... Was Keanu? Okay, so I got through most of Point Break this time, but I have seen it before. Well, I can't remember. Yeah. You didn't commit I the entire film. Tried. I had to watch Blue Chips. Oh. I had to watch Blue I'm Chips. So disappointed. I have another podcast. What? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the 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 bank robbery, uh Busey figures out like they figure out after the bank robbery's over and they go on this car chase and it leads to me to to the best part of the movie which is the epic chase scene between Keanu Reeves trying to run down Patrick Swayze, who's wearing... Patrick Swayze was Reagan. Uh, chase down tuxedoed Reagan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, like, they're running through neighborhoods, and they're running, they're jumping fences. Like, it's a full-blown 90s action scene. But the best part is, like, at one point, they bust through a house, and, you know, the woman starts beating Keanu oh, Reeves with a oh, broom. Oh, I know what's coming, yeah. And then Keanu Reeves runs out the front door, and for some <laughs> inexplicable reason... <laughs> Patrick Swayze has stopped, picked up the family pit bull, and was waiting so that when Reeves busts out the front door, he throws a fucking pit bull at Keanu Reeves. He weaponized the pit bull. He like, threw it at Keanu Reeves. He's totally complacent with him picking yeah. him up randomly. Yeah, the pit bull was fine until he was thrown. He didn't like being thrown, but he also gave up. Like, he didn't chase after that. I was wondering if it's like a hand grenade situation. We didn't really see both of his hands. Did he have some kind of safety... A safety was, on the dog. He, he, he was have holding a thumb down up his butt. the lever on the dog until he <laughs> threw it at Keanu Reeves. And then Keanu Reeves, pretty quick instinct, punts the dog. <laughs> well, he was he was a, he was a quarterback. He was a quarterback, so yeah, he was used to 
punting. Yeah, he's he, he, well, punt and pass. Kids do that, oh, right? Oh, punt, pass, and kick. Yeah. And so, like, the movie continues from there just to descend into madness, which, again, it gets way more entertaining after the raid. It does, because he's... He, the thing is, like, I don't... Okay, so Keanu Reeves doesn't know Patrick Swayze is Reagan. No, he does. Does he know that, he's that's like Reagan? The whole thing. That's why he pulls his shot. He like, knows. he has a shot on Reagan, right? Okay, but he or, doesn't know he's Reagan until, supposedly, by the way the movie tries to sell it, he sees his eyes from 100 to 200 feet away. See, I They hold he... on that, that shot for a long time, and that's the... I mean, he obviously Swayze knows he's... He, and we'll get to that in a minute, because that's fucking bonkers. We'll come into play <laughs> later. But, like, supposedly that's when Keanu knows it's him, and then he shoots these, then he's a... <gasps> Chad, damn it, and shoots the air six times while right. Pat mm-hmm. Reagan gets away. See, I think he he put it together because out of all of the fucking people on the beach, he manages to instantly fall in love with the antagonist's girlfriend. Yeah. Ex-girlfriend, whatever. <laughs> like, how lucky is that? <laughs> the one person you meet on the beach that's going to teach you how to surf just so happens to be the person you're after. Wait, so are you saying all along Swayze knew this and that he was... Or that Bodhi, Keanu knew this. Bodhi was getting so close to the edge, he'll take you over it, that Bodhi all along was trailing him and had his girl, ex-girlfriend, Tank Girl, there so that Johnny Utah could learn how to surf from her. I think you just changed my vote. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> He's the maestro. He, he's kingpin, mm. the mastermind. Yeah. yeah, no, not 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 even close. I'm not buying it. I'm <laughs> what, not buying okay. what I don't understand. Now. So first, we, we got biker gang server dudes, but we have these guys are responsible for over a hundred bank robberies. Like, I'm not going to look up statistics, but I don't think that there has been a hundred bank robberies in the history of America. <laughs> well, it's the capital. <laughs> Let alone in L.A. over the course of like six summers. Are there even a hundred banks? Uh, John there? John McGinley does explain as head of the FBI robbery la that they are the number one bank robbery cap mm. which really you shouldn't be bragging about that that means you that, suck at your yeah that means job. you're not catching them <laughs> you should be like we're the lowest we have the lowest don't check on that we're our statistics are better well, and one of the th- one of the problems i always had is like they make a big point at the beginning of the movie when they're talking about the sheer number of banks that they're up and how professional they are because they've never been caught they never kill anybody whatever is that they never go into the vault but if you're only robbing the till why are you robbing banks in the first place why don't you go rob goddamn walmart and mm-hmm. uh, it's the same difference like they, they talk about how this is this is a revolutionary professional gang because they do all this stuff that is so good your walmart money isn't insured friend <laughs> that's why they can't they can't tell that to the people they're robbing don't worry about your money You've but it's spent. not their money if you're robbing Walmart. It's Walmart's money. Nobody cares about that. Or, the, or even, the, the I don't wall. know, any other number of places that aren't banks. And they will think it is their money. Well, so they, they what? Uh, they, they kidnap the girlfriend, and they force Keanu Reeves to go rob banks, and, and it all gets bad. And they go to the vault, like, that's the big thing. Uh, yeah. And so everything gets bad, and it, it turns into, like, heat, but not good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they go to a an airplane that they had waiting for them so that they could go to... Were they going to Mexico? Was that the plane all along? Or was that like an audible that they had to call? Uh, they, they, it had to be the plane because that's where Petty, Lori, Lori Petty was waiting. Was in Mexico, right? This is at the end that you're talking about. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, like after... Yeah, that's where they go to, to like let the heat cool down uh-huh. on their, their trail and stuff. So they weren't going to go to the 50-year <clears throat> storm place and hang out there they're gonna go to like mexico first because that okay because that'd be like next yeah i think it was like five years later they had that 50-year storm in australia okay i don't know i watched the end of the film so (laughs) i've seen it before (laughs) now like they're up in the plane and everybody's dead except for patrick swayze and keanu reeves and one of the other random surfer dudes who is bleeding out but isn't dead right uh and keanu reeves can't do anything because if Patrick Swayze doesn't make it to, uh, like, Keanu Reeves says, kidnap Laura Petty. Lori? Lori? Lori. Lori. Kidnap Lori Petty. 
Uh, and if he doesn't make it there, then they're going to kill her, and Keanu Reeves does, can't let her. So he, like, robs the bank because he needs to, to let her be alive and whatever. And so they jump out of the, the, the plane uh, with the money that they have left, and Patrick Stewart like, pushes his dead friend out of the plane with a parachute and a bag of money, and they, they fall down into the desert, and Keanu Reeves is left in the plane with no parachute because Patrick Swayze just won, uh, and then just mind-bogglingly decides to grab the giant, dirty, hairy gun that Patrick Swayze was using and leap out of the plane with no parachute. And and this is also the second skydiving excursion he went on with these guys yes. after they kind of already fucking knew that he was an FBI agent. And yeah. yeah. It was like a weird recreational-slash-threatening skydiving yeah, experience. trust fall to the extreme. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So did only okay because they had to see him right because they Bodhi knew it was him. Did the other ones see it was it was him, or was it just Reagan? Keanu Reeves. Yeah, yeah. Like they all knew that Keanu Reeves was onto him. Okay. That he was a Fed, and that he was onto him. So they took him. They took him skydiving as buddies, but like intimidating skydiving. Like, Ooh. did we pack? Did we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or are you gonna pull the rip cord and my undies are gonna come out? The whites. Well, and, and the rest of the gang, the rest of the, the bank robbers, the rest of the, the ex-presidents, they all just want to kill Keanu Reeves because he's a fed. And Patrick Swayze is like, no, I know just what to do with him. And that's take him skydiving in a mean way, not like a friendly skydive. And kidnap his girlfriend. Yeah. So, <laughs> and then make him rob a bank with us. We'll take him with us the whole time. He's so altruistic in most other... <laughs> things that he's saying well, but what he thing. does like he goes from from like he never kills anybody he doesn't like violence to he's just straight up murdering people uh if you don't follow me to mexico then uh Lori petty who was my girlfriend a little while ago i'll just let what rosie or whatever the hell yeah, that roach is. Roach. Rochi? i don't know <laughs> like uh yeah he'll just kill her because that's like he just <laughs> all of a sudden goes from bodhi right the buddhist to uh fucking full-blown sociopath uh okay. and he does it in like a second it's it's nice uh which is weird that the surfer doesn't handle change well because like the tides but i do i thought that was interesting i did remember that from of previous viewing of point break um patrick swayze's very jack palance in tango and cash level of no, like, let's un- not like kill bond, him. It's like a Bond villain. It's like yes. unnecessary layers when you could ju- you could just put a bullet in him and it's I mean, done. he wasn't molesting rats and then setting him into a maze because <laughs> that was the highlight well, of so, Tango and Cash. So sure. not to not to gloss over too much, but like they they do the par- uh, Keanu Reeves jumps out of the plane and he catches Patrick Swayze and he pulls his parachute out and like they parachute and they play this weird game of chicken that is uh, they're having a full conversation. They are falling through the air. I've never skydived, but. I have a hard time believing you could hear a fucking thing. Well, and before they jumped out of the plane, like the plane, I guess, was flying too low to stay off a radar. And he says you have to climb to a safe jumping altitude. So they jump from the lowest possible altitude that you can jump from. For 10 yet they, minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yet they have plenty of time for Keanu Reeves to, like, go catch on to Patrick Swayze and have this whole argument about who's going to pull the chute and if you have to drop your gun. And they, they talk to each other for... 90 seconds as you they're... You pull the shoot. No, you do it, bro. No, you pull the shoot. And how much athletic... I know he's got a lot of athletic ability, but when you're... When the, when the parachute breaks... Well, I was he... going to say, how does he even navigate himself to Patrick Swayze? Well, that's, that's easy. He did the practice skydive mm-hmm. earlier that week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Come on, bro. Hmm. Yeah, but the 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 weird like murdery surfer that they left the girl with, and they made a point to talk about how like murdery that dude was. Well, they really glossed over Gary Busey's death too. Shoot out at the airport or something. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. quick. It was. Yeah, he did. Uh, he did soak up some rounds there. Oh yeah, he died pretty unceremoniously. You're right. He did. Yeah. He gone. He gone so fast. I didn't even write down that he. he uh, oh yeah, no, he's just dead. Uh, but <laughs> like, the end of the movie. <laughs> the end of the movie is really the the cherry on top where they, they just let Patrick Swayze surf to death. Like, instead of arresting him or any sort of trial, he's down in Australia for that big swell, that big wave that they've been talking about the whole movie, and they just let him go surf to death. 
Yeah, he, he goes. He jumps out of two planes uh-huh. with them, even though his cover's blown. Yeah, and then he just lets him disappear in, in this giant swell, never to be seen again. Well, Hasn't been handcuffs already. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, fuck it. I, I might get canned, but this is pretty fu- fucking poetic. Well, now, okay. there's something Johnny fucking Utah likes is poetry. You need to poetic keep in choices. mind, both of you boys. This was his first case. Okay. <laughs> uh, he learned a lot in that five years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> first case. I'd like to see you two handle it better on your first case, okay? So, uh, how do you cast uh, Keanu Reeves as an all-American Midwestern football player when, like, uh, did Bill and Ted's come out before Point Break? Because it when had I, to. When yeah. I quintessential, like, SoCal, you know, accent. I thought about that, too. Yeah. Like, and how their, like, the dialogue obviously hadn't changed with the casting of Keanu Reeves, where, like, this guy thinks he's a surfer, and it's like, yeah, this Whoa. this guy does. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this straight laced. Wasn't like he was like playing a Victorian uh, guy investigating his his lover that had maybe gone and spent time with Dracula or something. <laughs> I mean, Dracula. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the Dracula. So this this was our movie that we juxtaposed. This was the this was the competition for Tango and Cash. <laughs> Which, yeah, what's Tango uh, and Cash about? Tango and Cash. Uh, so you've got you've got two hero cops in L.A. They're both L.A. movies. We didn't do that intentionally. Oh uh, yeah, nice. This one doesn't have any Red Hot Chili Peppers in it though, mm. which it's disappointing. So, you, but but you've got Tango as Sylvester Stallone, who's the like, uh, not by the book, but he's the straight laced, uh somehow wealthy for a cop because he invests money. That's a big thing. He's, the he's a straight-laced cop. He's the WAP. Yeah, they said they did say that. I, did, that I missed was the part of a headline in the newspaper describing him. Oh. How, I, how is that wow. okay? The newspapers I do want to talk about because those were phenomenal, all those headlines. But but you've got uh, you've got the, the Tango, you've got Sly, who's, uh, who's the straight-laced cop, and then you've got Cash, who is uh, the Murtaugh. Of of the group, uh, the 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 loose cannon uh, hero cops, and they're 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 these two hero cops in L.A. that Jack Palance, the main, and Kurt Russell's cash. Kurt Russell's cash, and, and then you have like the crime lord of L.A., the crime lord's crime lord, because David Lopin isn't the top crime lord. He reports to Jack Palance, who decides that these hero cops have to go. So Jack Palance decides that to get rid of these cops again, you can't just kill them. No. You have to do, like, full-blown Bond-level stuff. So he frames them for murdering, like, a, a Fed or an FBI agent or something. And they go to trial, and they go to jail. But they break out of jail, and then they go to clear their names. Uh, and so they're, like, sneaking around trying to find the people who testified against them that are dirty. Uh, and then uh, the entire movie ends in perhaps the most gonzo 20 minutes of any movie I've ever seen in my life, where there's an SUV tank battle around an abandoned airport uh, and Jack Palance has like a funhouse mirror room and then everything explodes. Yeah, I know you're just doing the quick and dirty on this, yes. but you totally glossed over the butts. Like, yeah. That is the best scene in the movie. <laughs> this movie is just full of, of everything that you should never do in a movie ever or always do in every movie. I don't think there's a middle ground. Yeah. If you're no. trying to make a good movie, don't do this. Like the opening scene even has the most awesome synth track underneath yes. it. Well, no, let's start with the very, very, very opening because I have missed this. I've watched this movie too many times. This is the first time I caught that the movie literally before even the title cards show up is a voiceover of Sylvester Stallone saying, and I quote, Okay, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> And then it's like Warner Brothers presents and all that shit. I didn't catch that. Oh, that's phenomenal! I yeah. love that. You're talking about the synth, like it sounds like Mark Mothersbaugh after that. Like it's the fucking Rugrats score <laughs> coming in. Like I, I have only one choice to to accept this movie at all is like that it takes place in the universe of comic books. Like it's so far fetched out there. I'm like, well, it's so whimsical. Nothing is rooted in reality. I I made a note, and I know this is you did. An, this will be covered in your in your preview that you did. You covered this, but I know the only thing that is rooted in some sort of reality is that to avoid a trial going further, they pled no contest. <laughs> 
Yes. They yes. Right. They, together. They took the only one thing that's out of reality, which is the flaws of our American justice yes. system. I'm not having guilty, people but I can't plead. prove it. Right. <laughs> and they're just like, okay, well, we'll only serve 18 months. So if I plea out, will you plea out or plea down? And he's like, uh, yeah. So they both pled no contest to murdering an undercover FBI agent or whatever. And then get 18 months. Yes. Now, you did happen to skip over Sylvester Stallone calling Rambo a pussy. Oh, I was, I, I just wanted, I, I, I just, <laughs> I just wanted to say that. That's all I, as That's far fair. as, like, the comic book. Is that before or after he shoots the tanker of cocaine? Well, so. <laughs> now we're getting closer to the beginning. This okay. whole opening scene, like, every scene of this movie, you could spend hours deconstructing how ridiculous it was. It's so like the very opening scene, he's, he's driving by in his convertible, like, chasing down this tanker. Uh, you find out later it's filled with cocaine, and, and no one could find it except for Stallone by shooting it. But even before that... He's got a bloodhound's nose. Like, he, <laughs> he passes it on this old, like, desert road, I assume headed into, like, Nevada or something. Uh, and he stops the car, and he pulls out the tiniest handgun. Mm -hmm. It's like a three-inch little, like, snub nose, and he starts shooting at this, uh, this tanker from a quarter mile away with this tiny little three-inch handgun. And uh, and he scares the guys inside so much by shooting at them that they hit the brakes and fly out the windshield. Uh, he doesn't shoot them. He shoots at them. And they're so scared by him shooting at them with this little tiny gun that they hit the brakes so hard that they fly. The semi didn't hit anything. They applied the brakes so yeah. hard that they were ejected from the seats through the windshield. Yeah, they weren't shot. So they could have run over Tango. See, I didn't even remember that detail because the rest of it just goes so far off the rails that I... It does. Yeah, that is... <laughs> I didn't even register. To pick that out of this movie <laughs> as a ridiculous thing is like a needle in a stack of needles, right? <laughs> I think that just sets the tone, like, get ready for it. Is it <laughs> the opening scene with Kurt Russell is even more bonkers. Is he the gun shoe gun shoe? Well, I rewound that. I rewound that so many <laughs> times. Because. Really yeah, so, like, yeah. he gets attacked in his apartment by this assassin who shoots him twice in the chest when he's clearly not wearing a bulletproof vest, but later he was wearing a bulletproof vest. Like, he's wearing a t-shirt, and he's he clearly has no bulletproof vest. But he gets shot twice in the chest. He, like, falls over the railing, and as he falls over the, over the railing, he grabs down to his foot, and he shoots at the other guy. <laughs> and I had to keep rewinding, like, does he have a gun, like, stored in his boot, and he shot, like, he grabbed the gun in his boot and just shot through his boot? Or is his boot a fucking gun? And I had to rewind and watch and rewind and watch and rewind and watch. And, and uh, I have no idea. But then later in the movie... Q. They, they he has a Q. He has a Q. The LAPD <laughs> has a, an MI6 level fucking R&D department making shoe guns for their police officers. Headed up by a mildly retarded man, I'm pretty sure, who has a magnifying glass I don't on his even, face. He's like Denny from The Room. Like, I don't know what to make <laughs> right? of that character. They have a <laughs> lot of rockets, which... This is a Swayze connection. I guess he turned down Tango and Cash. Yeah, he was going to be, gonna be Kurt Russell, but he was going to be Cash. Well, or no, he was... Yeah, he was going to be Cash. I feel like the writers or producers just thought, well, they had they had boot knives in, in Roadhouse. <laughs> we got to do boot fucking guns. <laughs> oh, within the first... Three minutes of Kurt Russell's appearance. <laughs> yes. He gets shot in the chest. He shoots a gun that is apparently also his shoe. <laughs> he has uh, pushed a homeless woman's cart in front of a moving truck during a chase. Mm -hmm. uh, he commandeered a car okay. to ram another car into the car of the guy he was chasing uh, that was apparently small enough to get into the garage without knocking down all the lights, but not small enough to get back out of the garage without knocking down every single piece of lighting in that garage. So, like, as soon as he shows up. So, the, and, and this homeless woman is just walking through the garage. In a garage. After uh, there's, like, clearly a fucking shootout and, like, destruction well, she's, she's homeless. She doesn't have anywhere to go. <laughs> Demolition Derby. And so, like, yeah, uh, just right off the bat, it is, it is wacky. It is, it is, it is absolutely bonkers. And every point in the movie for the first, like, 30 minutes until their trial is over, mm -hmm. you've got an extremely on-the-nose newspaper headline 
that fades in talking about what just happened. So apparently both Tango and Cash are beloved by the, the LA Times or whatever newspaper this is supposed to be. Like, Cash busts again. Tango. Like they, they have three or four headlines that just show how amazing these cops are. And they like spin in talking about Tango saves the day. Cash makes a giant bust. So I don't know if it's like these guys are superheroes for LA or if they just have a newspaper writer that loves these two police officers. Maybe that's like the, the meta moment of the movie is that that's their persona and what they're thinking. Like the, the newspaper embodies their egos. Wow. <laughs> or maybe well, movies okay. existed um, before Terminator 2 and after Terminator <laughs> so 2. So during the trial, which looked like it lasted about a day, yeah, there, there were four different headlines. There were four different headlines. Like they published a newspaper every time a different witness took the stand. <laughs> Which I'm not a lawyer by trade, but um, the trial took place quick enough where the guy who tried to kill Kurt Russell still had fresh cuts on his face. Mm -hmm. <laughs> usually, murder trials or any trials are usually months in between. There's filings and things like that. This trial took place like two days after they were arrested. It did, and during the course of those two days, a headline was published about the sound expert's testimony and the <laughs> cop's testimony and the plea and the ruling. Well, and so the, the entire trial is because, like, Jack Palance can't just kill these hero cops. You have to disgrace them or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. He had some sort of reason. <laughs> I, I tuned out when he started petting the rats. Oh, I, my gosh. This, whatever he's saying is evil, but hold, he, is he going to touch that rat? He... He's yeah, he because he's ex it happens well, he's right after his his like the heads of like I guess the East and West LA like crime syndicate. He's explaining them, and literally one of the guys says, "No, I don't agree with that. Why don't we just kill them?" Yes, right. David Lopan. David, they both agreed on that. They're East both like, West, "Yeah, why are we doing this? <laughs> this seems dumb." Yeah, and he starts. Jack Palin starts explaining it. And he's like, it's going to, you know, if we do that, it's going to start a, a war zone if we kill the cop. And and it's like, wait, no, one of you literally had someone shoot Kurt Russell in the chest twice. Yes. Save for a bulletproof <laughs> vest. So, why would you aim for the head? Because right? it's a movie. Because it's, it's a plot. plot. Yeah. Kurt Russell armor. gets back to the police, which they're totally missing uh, the Bob. Or, uh, you, like, mm -hmm. nobody reads him the riot act for stealing a car and using it to hit another car into a third car. Oh, I'll say that. pushing a homeless woman's Their car. bosses are both pretty cool with all this. Yeah, they're super chill. <laughs> they're laid back. Yeah. Uh, but Kurt Russell's there, and he's taking off his bulletproof vest that saved his life. Yeah. Which he clearly wasn't wearing in the scene where he got shot. But he's wearing it, and I know of all things, again, to, to, for, for this to be the thing that, that kills me. He's wearing it without a shirt underneath. The bulletproof vest is his undershirt. <laughs> and he's got no, I mean, it's not authentic, but like, he's got no bruising on his chest. No. But he peels, how bad does that fucking thing have to smell? You can't wash a bulletproof vest. Did you guys catch the, the Kurt Russell, the, the Cash musical theme? Oh. It's like a little kid clown. It's like, <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> it's, just, it's like there's a child who has wandered into the movie and now he get, just gets to be a part of it. I did. I did not notice that. That's a good call. But yeah. <sighs> so they they so like, the top cops. Jack Palance has this really convoluted plan, and they end up going to jail. But they end up going to a different jail. Like they thought they were going to go to a a resort prison. Uh, and the prison they, they end up going to is on fire. That's just normal for the yeah, prison. Which it's hopefully just on fire. nobody yeah. seems to care. They're ambiance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the guards are just standing like this is just what prison's like in the 90s everything's on fire everybody's yelling it's fine yeah everybody seems to be in their cells so they're like lighting things on fire in their cells and just throwing them out coincidence too that these two cops had put all of those miscreants away yeah apparently. including the semi driver which i didn't realize until this viewing for the first time the face guy he's the chinny he, uh his his character's name is actually face is it really it's face it's not chin it should be chin but yeah. his character's name in the credits is face Oh my god. I yeah. thought it was prosthetic or something. And it's no, real. So I had to dig deep he, and I was like, he's, oh. He's been in a lot of nice. um, B-movies. He looks like a Dick Tracy bad guy. 
<laughs> he's been in Maniac Cop one, two, and three. Dick Tracy Whoa. did that make it? Yeah. Oh, the hat trick. Bruce Campbell didn't even get the hat trick for the Maniac Cop series. He bowed out before three. Uh, did you guys catch the best line as Tango and Cash were being walked into the flaming prison to their cells? It's tough to tell because every other line in this movie is a quip. So, so there are a couple of rape threats in different places because that also, like, we were watching oh, No Holds Barred. And also the Running Man. The run- and they both, like, so those are 80s, right? They're both 80s, weren't they? Yeah. Early 90s, they're both 80s. But they, if you're a bad guy in one of those movies, you have to attempt to rape, rape, or threaten to rape somebody. Otherwise, you don't get to count as a villain, apparently. Right. But, the, so there are a couple rape Which I agree with, rape is bad. Yeah. Yes. One of the guys that apparently Tango or Cash put into prison leans through the bars. He's a big black guy. He says... I'm gonna put some brown sugar in. Yes. Your ass. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Was that ablived, or did someone write that on paper? Oh, I bet someone wrote that on paper. Hey, I thought so. You're gonna have your big break today. I don't. You're gonna deliver your first line on film. No, I can. I... <laughs> and then he looks like. Is this, number is this, do I have to say this though? Can I say something different that is not this? There's no way that that guy improv that line. There's no way anyone would improv that line. It is written down. Well, spe- like be like. Brown sugar, Jesus Christ! I'm a human being. <laughs> oh my and so, God. you know, at this point, like any logical human being is like, okay, so Jack Palance uh, had them sent to this prison so that all these guys they could put away are going to end up stabbing them. But no, it's more convoluted than that. You it's can't complex. just let these prisoners kill them. So, like, they break ah. in and they pull them out of their cells to this. I don't know what exactly the room in the prison is because it has like some sort of Furnace? energy generator. It's a laundry slash yeah. dungeon. <laughs> <What the fuck? laughs> like meat hooks, so it's an abattoir occasionally. <laughs> and then they're dipping them into these like slop sinks uh, and electrocuting them. So yeah. I don't know why all these things are in the same place in the prison. Some industrial type <laughs> like phase two wires. And Jack Pallets showed up to the prison. Right. Like, he why broke, are you there? He broke into the prison and introduced himself as, let's just say I'm somebody <laughs> who doesn't like you very much. I wrote that same line down, because it seems <laughs> like he started saying it and then either forgot the line. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. Let's just say I'm someone who doesn't like you very much. <laughs> just in case you survive this impromptu <laughs> dip and shock situation. <laughs> Yeah, they're electrocuted multiple times. Yes, and seem pretty okay. And then they've got uh, ponytail. Ponytail. Uh, Ponytail, who's been in a bunch of other movies too. So I didn't know Uh, if that dude had an Australian accent or British accent. Well, they call him a windy, so he's supposed to be British. But it's the worst British accent. It's it's some dude who has probably never heard a British (laughs) a British person, but just occasionally throws in things like uh, mate. Into the end yeah, of his life. It is a European, an Eastern European of some kind. He watched Monty Python once and prepared yeah. for this. But he, it's also, Kurt Russell, I noticed in this viewing, um, had some weird scenographic uh, sort of comment because he's like, I don't want to be killed by an immigrant. Yes. I want to be killed by an American. <laughs> yeah. God damn. That, um, <laughs> that did not hit the ear right this time. <laughs> didn't age um and then they break out a okay so eventually so up until like the prison breakout right it's, it's a bad movie and it's like a, an over-the-top 90s movie but it's it's not that much more bonkers than some of the other over-the-top 90s movies until the fucking prison breakout which is where it starts to just truly descend into madness right yeah i would say i, I when they he because like for plot Kurt Russell and Sylvester Stallone don't agree on on the plan. Um, Which isn't a plan. It's going to leave a crowbar in the bush. It's a... And you guys figure it out. And and somehow make it through these giant rotating fans. Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck are those fans for? Like Like from Blade Runner. They went and got... Which apparently Stallone had already gone through the fans before. Because he he was on the other side of the fan and put like put a stick through it i guess they didn't turn them do they not turn them on until i don't know or really this care. part was weird oh. this movie is nothing but suspending disbelief the whole time <laughs> that's right. well so my theory about this movie was that like starman like a starman type uh character came down mm-hmm. and they watched a couple of action movies and then tried to write one of their own, having no frame of reference for what human beings ever do. Like AI cobbled a 90s <laughs> yeah. action movie together, yeah. 
She's yeah. like, no, now this is the part where the prison happens and prisons are on fire. We need... I saw Attica. <laughs> prisons are just on fire. Yeah, yeah that we was need... a big deal. That was a big deal in that movie. Um, prisons fans. being on fire. That was called for like prison reform and shit. Um, <laughs> here it's just like... It's just a thing. Yeah. Like all prisons are on fire. Mm-hmm. During this like really lightly planned escape where some random cop who saves them from being murdered by Jack Pounce, I'm still not sure what that was all about. That's the dude that he used to work with. Yeah. Dude, oh, <laughs> like, was... how did he show up? Why was he there? Duex Machina. Yeah. Um, they, but yeah. He, he gives them, like... He used to buy birthday cakes at the office parties. Like, <laughs> it's Larry. He says, I'm going to leave, like, a crowbar in the bush, and he shows them these, like, really weird, vague sort of blueprints, but apparently there's a plan now. Well, Stallone doesn't. Then Stallone agree. rightfully doesn't want to be a part of, right? Because like, there's not actually yeah. a plan. Well, it's like Kurt Russell's friend shows up to just, hey, here's the thing. Okay, I'm gonna get murdered now. <laughs> Deuces alone. <laughs> like the breakout, the prison breakout. It just it ramps from zero to a hundred quickly because it's not the guards that are in, now leading the the chase. For these two escape prisoners. No, it's the prisoners. It's face. It's face. Face is the leader. He's like it's like a video game, yeah. and he's like the first. <laughs> he's the boss. Yeah, he's yeah. the first boss. You've entered the world of Mad Max. <laughs> <laughs> so, like they're chasing each other through the prison, and they're crawling up these whatever. It doesn't make any sense, and they end up on the roof. And and again, this is another reason why I think this was written by Starman. Because he uh, clearly this movie has no concept of electricity and how it actually works, but. Enough where I was talking to uh, our mutual friend, uh, Napkin Reynolds, uh, previously today, and enough where I was asking what he remembered about Tango and Cash, and he said, well, the thing about, the only thing I really remember is the thing about if you aren't on the ground, (laughs) you can touch an electrical cord and you won't get electrocuted, and I said, I don't think that's actually 100% true. I think that's... It's definitely a plot point. No, that's oh, it's true. It's yeah. So like, um, it's a tummy path of least resistance. So unless you touch two electric lines, or unless your feet are on the ground, the electricity—it's not trying to go through you because it's not going to common ground. But I think this conversation <laughs> is completely sidestepping the fact that when it's raining, apparently all power lines spark wildly the yes. entire time. Yeah, they're fucking lightsabers, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah. And, and and so they're on the roof and they're the generators on the roof and they're doing this like they're just wildly sparking like someone needs to have looked at that oh, by this point it's strictly up to code because it's clearly within reach of like throwing a belt around it and sliding the safety like <laughs> and they're they're like five feet off the roof okay? the generators that are physically placed on the roof are close enough that they're like squeezing in between them with the, them just sparking wildly while somehow this roof has like three inches worth of standing water on it in this rainstorm and yet they're still quipping quite a bit <laughs> they really <laughs> what the one Chandler Bing after another with these guys just going through these situations, and, and then you know they do the whole thing, which if you've they do, were you about to say if you've ever if you've ever seen this movie, okay, that's the if, part you remember. If right? you've that ever, is the part. If you've ever grabbed an electrical line in the rain with your belt, you'll remember that they use that joke on Always Sunny yeah. when they're about to do electrical work. You're like, go get me a harness. I need to be hanging from the ceiling when I do this. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like who is it kurt russell goes first mm-hmm. and then sylvester stallone has to fight face or chin or whatever on the roof and he punches him into these wildly sparking uh generators on the roof and he gets electrocuted but stallone is still standing on the same roof on the same ground that is covered in three inches of water as this dude who is being electrocuted that that really i i, I had trouble there i had a lot of trouble yeah. They but once you've once you've suspended disbelief <laughs> so many times just keep I, going. I, I do want to say that if there's anyone out there trying to do electrical work, we are not licensed electricians, <laughs> so do not take our Yeah. Watch the movie watch. for yourself to get the good advice. <laughs> oh, Don't listen to our hackney version. Oh really, Mr. Yes. Wizard, you're not standing by your statement before? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Don't go whiz on the electric pets is all I'm saying. You know, they're they're running around breaking into people's houses trying to clear their names, but the fucking Cleopatra. 
Club. Which, what is the Cleopatra Club? That's the- they walk in, and like the act that's leaving the stage. Did you see what act was leaving the stage when they first walked in? Was it a biker? There was a dude driving a motorcycle off of the stage. It's like Meatloaf from Rocky Horror. <laughs> what the fuck? And then, and then Terry Hatcher comes on to do her, I don't know, half striptease, half drum show? Yeah. She's like, hey, bartender, you forgot to hand me my hey, drum And she, she's not drumming on muscle? the beat. She's not, like, no. there's nothing that's happening here aside from her wildly beating on these synthetic drums with her bra on. Oh, no, there's something happening. The fucking crowd's going wild. They fucking love it. <laughs> like, depraved souls need to see Terry Hatcher up there I, banging on those electric pigskins. So, what what do you what do you call that? Like, because that wasn't, like, I thought she was working at a strip club. But it was a... Uh, it That was a big, booming business. That it was. was. That was not... That club was packed? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I have no idea what's happening there, though. Mm -mm. The motorcycle before... Like, I could have just believed that it was some sort of, like, strip club that doesn't know what a strip club actually is, uh, except for the dude on a motorcycle who was driving off stage as they entered. I have no idea what the Cleopatra Club is. (laughs) I think it's Starman's version of a strip club. (laughs) The only naked was... Backstage, yes. which is where I I assume there all, would be the nakedness. That, whose names didn't appear on the front of the VHS cover. <laughs> yeah, I'm aware. Yeah, um, so again, being a being a, a, a late late 80s again, we're going to call it 90s because it was nine days. Yeah, and it was nominated for three Razzies in the 90s. Oh wow! Yeah, one of them is best actress for Kurt Russell. Mm. Which is that's right. Oh yeah, that's a, that's a good yeah. preview to Too Long Foo <laughs> for Swayze, the Swayze connection. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. So there, there's more. I guess would that be gay panic or just the whole in drag guys in drag are funny? <laughs> that's I, um, a I manly don't... man. Oh, oh, the best fucking line from that scene is the cop that oh. just sees this random dude run out, but yeah. he's like. Any chance for a three-way after they're already on the motorcycle, after they are just, like, driving away? Like, what the fuck? Did you get... So I'm watching this movie, and I'm doing it in my living room. The kids have gone to bed. I'm sitting here uh, on the couch. My wife is sitting in the chair, and she's, like, actually doing work, like, important work. Well, to, you were to... doing important work. Yeah, and, I, and I'm writing down notes about tango and cash in a notebook uh, but but she like every now and then looks up and 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 it'll go back to what she's doing and she looks up when kurt russell like in order to because the cops have the building surrounded and he has to sneak out so terry hatcher walks out in this like motorcycle garb to be a red herring and then kurt russell walks out in full drag right he's got like fishnets on and all that. <laughs> after they turn the cop down for the three-way who by the way the cop didn't really hit on Terry Hatcher, who is empirically attractive. Oh, yeah. He hits on Kurt Russell because Kurt Russell does well, aerobics or who, whatever his line was. Where did he find shoes that <laughs> And were, was there a fucking gun in those shoes? <laughs> like he was, no, he was, he was at risk. Women's. He was at risk not wearing his rocket boots. <laughs> I'm sitting here watching this and I'm taking notes in my notebook. And, and they, they have that whole exchange about, do you want a three-way? And the, and the two girls take off. Oh. Or no, they they, they don't flick take their off cigarettes yet. at him. Yeah, <laughs> and the line he says, "My wife looks at me. She says, don't you dare say that on that podcast, oh. I, honey. You know I have to. You know I have to. I can't let this line go." Well, you're so quoting you you're quoting the movie. You're not. This right. isn't your actual views. But the cop looks at the other cop. Got on bikes, man. Got oh. on bikes. <laughs> yeah, oh. I can't. I can't not say that that line was in this movie. I, I opened my bikes. eyes a lot more at this movie than the other one. Yeah, so does that? So does that policeman then? Whenever he sees a lesbian couple, <laughs> does he just try to have a three-way? Is he like, <laughs> hey, two women? Three, we're I, sisters. I think he was fundamentally hurt as a young child, and he comes up with. These elaborate rhymes. Guess on bikes, man. Doesn't cope with it. <laughs> I had another question. Well, when they got home, I was thinking. So Tango tells Cash, if things get hot, go ask, go to yeah Cleopatra's and ask for Catherine. Um, which in if you want a translation on how bonkers that is, 
if things get too hot on the street, go see the person who escaped from prison with you's sister at her place of employment, and then the place where she lives, which is actually owned by me, yes. the person you escaped <laughs> prison from, these should be safe places to go where no one would suspect you to be at all. Well, so they, yeah, they, they go back to the house, and there's this whole weird, like, that's when you find out that uh, Terry Hatcher is actually the sister, stolen sister. Weird. Uh, <laughs> but it's because they're on the couch having a back rub that doesn't sound like any back rub, any human being, right. especially if it's like a slip disc back rub. And they're both, like, moaning in pleasure. That sounds this... like a happy beginning, not a happy ending. <laughs> you know? It didn't sound like the excruciating pain of someone slipping a disc back into place. They were both making this, like, oh, oh. And, and Stallone standing in the back of the room like a full-blown pervert, like, not saying anything, but not leaving, just, yeah. like, covering his face a little bit. I think he's just being a gentleman. Like, I'm not going to interrupt. <laughs> Dude's and, been in prison. It's my sister. She deserves it. Yeah, because he doesn't interrupt until he thinks he sees a bad guy. And then he jumps over what he thinks is his sister fucking his new friend, Cash. Who's still dressed from the waist down like a woman. Who's still, oh, because... Uh -huh. It's part of the appeal. Yeah. yeah. It's how to get bikes. your discs back bikes. in. And then tackles his boss and then plot stuff. The boss is like, oh yeah, you're totally right. That guy you were following... Is a criminal or plop, something? Plop, 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 plop. Yeah, there was some plot stuff. And then they end up in the Q garage where it takes until this point in the movie when they go to the Q garage for me to finally say, okay, no, that was actually a shoe gun. Because it's not addressed that that gun is a shoe gun or that, that, that that's <laughs> never mentioned until this late in the movie. Like we're getting ready to launch into the third act. Uh, and now you find out that they have this. And you find out because they're, they're trying to deploy some new stuffed animal weapon. Mm -hmm. And so, like, the stuffed Doberman gets its face blown off. And I love this because they're like, hey, you guys can't manage stuffed animals, but do you have this sweet-ass murder van with a billion rockets attached to it that we could That's borrow from you? That's the best part. Oh they get God. this bulletproof SUV that has, like, mini guns and rockets. Like, it's just gone from this movie about two cops who got framed to all of a sudden they're driving around James Bond cars that are bulletproof. And and so, like, plot, 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 they find out that Jack Palance's headquarters is at this, like, abandoned airport. Because, of course, why oh. wouldn't it be? I thought it was, like, a strip mine or something. Like, they have all this industrial equipment. Oh, <laughs> and they're sitting in front of the car, scoping it out, like, nope, I don't see anything. The best, best part of the movie to me is, is before... Like, shit just goes sideways outside of this abandoned airport. And they're looking through their binoculars, not seeing all these vans and construction equipment and guard towers. And they have this pensive, you know what I'm talking about? Who's the best cop I've ever worked with? <laughs> hey, hey, Tango. I'm going to date your sister. Oh, such a sense of entitlement. This dude's like, oh, she's a female? I'm, I'm just going to date your sister, and, and she has no say about it. And, and, and also, I'm going to spoil a little bit, uh, she's totally fine with that claim. She's totally fine with being claimed, because they're, like, arguing back. and like right. It's like, she's I can date your sister now, and she's like, oh, you guys. So they had this heartfelt moment, but you, you call it why Stallone didn't want them dating. Because I don't want her <laughs> to get that, you know, 2, 2 a.m. phone call. Right. Uh, yeah. That, like, she needs his fucking permission in the first place. The day fuck he's up. a cop! Apparently he's she does. Cop. Her brother's she... a cop, and apparently, like, the only person she knows. Uh, yeah. But but he doesn't want her to date another cop. And, and so they have this, like, deep, pensive moment about, like, the dangers of police work before they drive into this ridiculous goddamn tank battle. And she they have a tape, too, tonight. by the way. They've already got, like, evidence that kind <laughs> yeah. of clears them. Yeah, yeah. No, they've done that already, but Jack Palance is on the loose still. Jack no Jack Palance needs to um get his rocks off. So they have to set up this scene where he's watching them and he's like watching twenty television. Yes. Talking about Bond villains. Like that is the layer that he has built. He's got the screens. He's got his two like sub crime bosses behind him. Uh and, and what kind of city has like a twenty acre Bond villain layer that they don't abandoned know about. airport outside of LA for you know reasons. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> like they, they have that this epic tank battle and then they go inside and there's a shootout and they they murder a bunch of dudes because of course you know why wouldn't you uh they get they get to the bond villain layer the floor rotates to reveal the I'm sorry the mirror room the mirror room like the funhouse fun mirror room yeah. mirror room that he has built into his oh. lair that he's standing holding Terry Hatcher hostage while again being a 90s action movie so he has to like threaten to rape her again right he's like threatening to rape this her is the, in this, this is the limey room. right no Jack Palance was the mirror room. We, we entirely skipped this base having a self-destruct button on the wall. Mm-hmm. Like, it's built into the base <laughs> that you go push the button, and, and it has a self-destruct button. Uh, and what they happened? push it. Oh, and you... I bumped it with my elbow. I'm so sorry. <laughs> let, me, let me cut you an insurance claim. <laughs> Won't happen again. Terry Hatcher and, and uh, Sylvester Stallone and Kurt Russell all, like, slow motion run out of the building, and it blows up. Uh, but then... The callback is at the very end. It ends with a newspaper headline. It like twirls in about like Tango and Cash clearing their names. Uh, oh fuck. So out of the two movies, oh. one of them to me is a clear winner, right? Oh yeah, Tango and Cash. Yeah, if yeah. I if yeah. I have to watch one of these, one movies, of these had Tango and Cash. Doctor Cox, Gary Busey. Patrick Swayze, and that still wasn't enough to keep me <laughs> from from voting. And Tom Sizemore for a minute. <laughs> yeah, Anthony Kiedis. Point Break had a lot of things going for it, but I think ultimately that's what brings it down. I think my it was too good, right? Yeah, my, which my metric, it wasn't good, but no. it was too good. Like by today's standards, it would be like a six out of ten. Yeah, yeah. But you know, taking cash is so bad it's good, and so it was. I laughed a lot. Uh, I rolled my eyes a lot, and I think I think that's what puts me over. Mm-hmm. Now, um, Kurt Russell's hair brings it down a notch because it reminds me of like my mom's hair during that time, and so to see what? like Kurt Russell, I'm sorry, <laughs> like running around being an action person, <laughs> doing all these clips and stuff. Like I feel like he's gonna turn around suddenly and tell me to clean my room. So when he dressed like a woman, it was just like you couldn't. Oh, you couldn't cool Sigmund Freud. I, oh wait. <laughs> Yeah, I couldn't handle it, man. I I hated that visual. But that wasn't enough. To Your mom's hot, dude. Not to go backwards, but when they're driving around in their in their murder tank, murder murder van, uh, that is bulletproof and has rockets and, and miniguns, Sylvester Stallone had his window rolled down and was hanging out the side of it shooting. Just wanted to throw that in there, with in the, case. With this tiny pea shooter gun. <laughs> yeah. well, maybe that's, that's the thing at the beginning. You said he had that tiny, like, designer nine millimeter gun that he, that he pulls but he also gets called tripod so maybe that's something about kurt russell he has like the fucking boot gun boot gun guns and he also has some late like future laser looking guns yeah. on there so uh, clearly compensating for sure yeah uh tango <laughs> and cash gets my vote yeah, i think easily. i think it's a unanimous tango and cash yeah moves on to the next round well, I think we should go into the uh, bastard children of franchises. Uh, I believe there's a lineup: Batman and Robin versus mm. Superman Four. Is that on there Batman still? Batman and Robin, Superman. I want to see them both. Well, this was awful. Let's never do it again. Agreed. Until next week. Blah. End scene. End scene, oh man.